welcome to People's Church Podcast. We're going to be talking about four basic emotional needs that we all share, every one of us share. You have them, I have them. Uh, There's nobody that really doesn't have these basic needs. But why we want to talk about that is because of Christ's clear teaching about how life is supposed to play out for us. Jesus said in John 10.10, I have come in order that you might have life, life in all its fullness. Now, I think most of us know that a lot of life, people are not living in a fullness. I didn't say their lives aren't full. They might be very busy. They might be turning wheels very quickly and pretty big wheels. But at the same time, Having a fulfilled life, living a fulfilled life is far different than that. And it's all going to really come down to how these particular four needs are going to be satisfied in your life. I have them up on the whiteboard there. And we're going to just do that. We're going to take a look at how desires play out of that. And, uh, and then finally, how do you get those really met? Where, where has God designed this? See, God's a designer, really, really strong in design. I was reading just, in fact, I think it was last night, I was reading Genesis 1 again, just reading the creation story and into 2. And as I'm reading that, I like to read it in different versions. As I'm reading that particular portion of Scripture, I'm just absolutely amazed at how creative and designed God is. It matters to Him. He designs things. You design things. You're a designer. In some way, shape, or form, you design. That's just part of how you're wired. You might be designing a meal. You might be designing a business. You might be designing a trip. You might be designing just any challenge in your life. It requires design. Designing is really important to life. And God has a design And to be frank, the only one that works for a fulfilled life. I've walked with enough people through the years to know that a lot of people live and breathe, but they don't really breathe and live. They have not really designed their life around what makes it a fulfilling life. Jesus meant it when he said this. By the way, this is a creative statement. This is Jesus who created. He was the instrument of creation originally. This is Jesus who is now saying, I am creating for you this wonderful life. I want you to live it fully. I want you to be fulfilled in your life. I am here to fulfill that. I've come, look at this, I've come in order that you might have life in all of its fullness. The point that you want to take from that first, that his main thing he's putting forward is Christianity is a lifestyle. He was always in collision with the structure of the local religion. He was always in in that because man had taken the intent of the Old Testament and turned it into a place of power for them and a place where they would rule over others or have a latter approach with other people. That put Jesus on a collision course immediately with them because he was here to bring you a new lifestyle one that is designed by the great designer that fulfills your life. Every one of us have deep desires. Those desires come out of design. They come out of these emotional needs. So what are those emotional needs? Let's, let's just introduce. The first is 
we all have this same basic need for support. There's an old song, and I couldn't understand why this week this crazy old uh, song was going through my head. Have you ever had that happen and you can't shut it down and you're trying, you're like, shut up, you know, and you just can't stop it. it. It's the one, how many know this one? One is the loneliest number. How many know that song? How many say, I would recognize it normally, but I don't know your tune. <laughs> so that thing was going through my head and I'm like, you get really tired of that. And it's like it's on this repeat play, repeat play, repeat play. It was leading me into the thoughts for, t- for today. See, God, God has designed you not to be one. And even in the culture, we understand that one is not the preferred choice, but often it is the common choice. Because that is where we can have the greatest control and we seem to be in control of our needs the greatest. And so that song's going through my head as I'm studying this, I say, oh, now I get it, okay. Now, I want you to know it still hasn't quit. It's still going through. I expect by Christmas it should be gone. The need for support is common. Anybody that thinks that it's just a solo journey that you don't need people and you don't need to be supported, um, you're really in a huge blind spot in your life. Uh, You need people more than anything and you really need good people. You need each other and you need God. We're talking about a sense of security when we talk about support. Because when you are supported and you have that emotional need met for support, you get a response of security in your life. You feel greater security. Now you'd have to say today, there's an issue with security. There's a lot of insecurity in our society. That is largely because we are not doing it together. We are not doing it in a way. We, in fact, we've never had so much division and kind of things as, as in my lifetime. I've never seen this much division between people uh, as I see today. And a lot of that hinges back to this idea of support, feeling that encouragement. Growing up in a home where support, encouragement, really brought you a sense of security. By the way, this is a great parenting seminar for those of you that are parents. This is a great need of your kids. These four needs, you want to make sure in your home, somehow, some way, you're paying attention to every one of these. And that you're even strategic about it. You actually know why you are, how you are, what you can do to achieve the meeting of some of these needs, but you ultimately can't even meet all of their needs and support. But God can, the need for support. The next one is the need for stability. Stability is where we don't have so much change going on. We live in an age of amazingly quick paced change. Folks, think about this, think about this. It is only 130 years ago It was horse and buggy. Phones were the newest invention. Everybody could listen in on your call though. Have any of you had any, what do they call that? Okay, have have any of you, you've lived with that? Better know your neighbors well. Well, if you didn't want to, you're gonna get to know them well. You got to admit, it was a relational opportunity. I know all your junk, yeah. You go back that long and you're going to run into all these kinds of issues of change. And you say change, it can be a huge issue. 
Not only do things change techno technologically, things change socially. We've seen massive social change. We've gone from uh, an agrarian society into an industrial society, now into an information society, and now we're moving into, I really don't know, but a society that has no boundaries on it, no absolutes, nothing there in that regards. That really causes instability. You need absolutes. You need to know where you begin and where the other person uh, begins. You need to know where you end and the other person ends. You need to understand these kinds of boundaries in our life relationally, and we need them uh, in, in just every aspect of our life to have these kind of boundaries. Stability's incredibly important need. By the way, when we have a lot of instability in our life, and we do today, think about change. Okay, so in fact, I was just talking to a couple um, just before the uh, church had, I think, almost started. Maybe it had. And I was talking to them because I knew that their daughter and son-in-law and the grandkids moved away. You know, how dare they? I mean, come on. Give you grandkids and take them away. That creates a sense of instability. Think about what Grand Prairie's made up with. How many here were born in Grand Prairie? Be proud. Be proud. You're born and raised here. Okay, I'm going to say there's about 20 hands. How many were born in another province other than Alberta? No wonder you're messed up. <laughs> How many were born outside of Canada? Number of you. Um, welcome to paradise. Ha. <laughs> you see, we come from all different microcosms. And in coming together, we also enter into an isolation because we don't have what it used to be where you had the village square and you grew up and you had generations of neighbors that you shared the same values with and uh, the workplace was harmonious because it was basically a big community. That was the agrarian society. We've had such amazing change that now we have all of this disconnect and if we don't make the right kind of connections, if we don't get that stability back, that instability causes us to launch out into some pretty nasty things. By the way, this is where a lot of things like addictions come in. Because it becomes something of a, of a nasty place to be isolated, to be one, and to be unstable in those core needs. I need stability. I need stability. It reminds me of, a, of an old story I've heard, and I don't care. I've told this. I don't care if you've heard it before, okay? Just for those of you that say, oh, I heard that before. I don't care. <laughs> this husband and wife, they go to the doctor, right? So, because they got, had done some tests on him, and they brought him in, and they gave him the news. They said, I am really sorry to tell you that you're terminal. Uh, you've got a little time, but that's about it. And so he said, but if you don't mind leaving the office, I'll talk to your wife for a bit. Leaves the office, he talks to the wife, and he says, you know, there is a way your husband can live longer. Okay. You have to make him breakfast every morning. You have to make love to him as much as he wishes. You need to be gentle and supportive and caring and listen. She left his office. 
her husband and connected with him and he said, what did the doctor tell you? He said, you're gonna die. I know some of you are thinking that's, uh, that's why I've got a shorter lifespan. Your emotional needs are extremely important to you. And those aren't met within you. They're not internal. They're not even just external. They are eternal. But let's go into another one, the need for self-expression. You are uniquely, there's no question about it, you are unique. I know some of you are still trying to prove that. You can quit. You are. You are unique. You got it. You're exactly just different from the person next to you. I, I, I came in and I was walking through the auditorium and I saw this guy down here and it said, eat lobster. I said, I couldn't agree more. So we're alike, but that's it, okay. We're alike, eat lobster, I love that idea. That uniqueness is fashion in God. If he designed creation the way he designed that and Jesus is saying, in the, him being the, the author of creation, if he is saying that to you, I have got a designed life for you, one that you can live to the fullest. It means that your self-expression is a part of that design. You are unique. That uniqueness is not to be fought, it's to be celebrated. How many of you had uh, more than one child in your life? More than one child. Okay, uh, how many have more than two? Okay. Um, so that's good. You got two. Do you notice any differences? Are they the same? Which one do you like better? Don't answer that. <laughs> My mom and dad had nine kids. One was a set of twins. I was the seventh born, which means perfection, completion. It does, it's God's number of completion. It's biblical. <laughs> My mom and dad, they gave me a mug for uh, Christmas one year that said to an extra special son. <laughs> it's in my, it, Linda and I, we have this, uh, what do you call those things, cabinet, you know, with all your stuff in it. I, I've got it right prominent right in there. I like to pull it out once in a while at family events. Don't have to say a thing. <laughs> we are unique. And that's a good thing. That's a thing to be celebrated. It's something to be, you grab a hold of and you say, yeah, it just proves God is God and I'm not. There are thousands of varieties of beetles. Did you know that? I'm not talking about the band. I'm talking about the actual beetle. Thousands of varieties. God, God has no problem with it. In fact, it just shows you the incredible complexities of God's design in your life. The next is the need for significance. You do have a sense in your life of something greater than you are right now. It says that God sent eternity in the hearts of men. Set it in there. What is that eternity about? It's about saying, here's the big world. Here is the big game. It's eternity. 
And he's put that within your heart and he's saying, that's why you have a sense of significance. You need significance. You need your life. Let's put it this way. You want your life to matter. When it's measured out, when the dawn goes off and you're off to heaven, if you're a believer in Christ, you want to know that you had made a difference here. You want it to be a life of significance within the realm in which you are. This is not just an a wishful, wish, wishful thinking on your part. All four of these are emotional needs. Emotional needs that every one of us have to have met in some way, shape, or form. And when we don't get them met, when we don't have them fully met and we're constantly, it's like a thirst that won't go away. You're constantly looking for the next water hole. You turn relationships into get over give. You turn things and achievements into get rather than give. It's very easy for us to do that when our emotional needs are not met. <clears throat> the beginning of a life that is fulfilling starts with understanding that this is a lifestyle, Christianity. It is on all four emotional needs, one which puts us towards God, knowing that we've been created in these ways. These are not weaknesses. These are great joys. They're wonderful experiences, but they're always shared. Secondly, understanding your drive rooted in these needs. We need to understand our drive. You see, not only do you have these needs, they become drives, desires, goals. Goals. I go into a relationship with my wife when I'm 21 years old. And I go in there not thinking as strategically about these things here, but knowing that I have expectations of her and I forming something where we are getting to be closer in this relationship than any other relationship on the planet. And we're going to see some of these needs met and supported. We're going to have support. We're going to have stability. We're going to have self-expression. We're going to have significance. You compromise any of those and your marriage will struggle. Because it's going to create this get versus the give. Deep down, everyone has a desire for it. Number one, something to belong to. Something to belong to. Genesis 2.18 said, it is not good for man to be alone. That is a general use of man. It's the idea that it's not good for any of us to be alone. Aloneness is something often we desire just to have our space sometimes. That's a little different. But I, I don't know if you've, if you've ever, there was a movie, I'm trying to remember the name of it, where the guy is in New York and he, there's been a plague and he's the only one and there's a bunch of these, anyway. Thank you. I knew somebody thought like me. So in that particular movie, he's all alone. He goes into the drugstore and the mannequins are there and he's got a relationship with mannequins and everything else all throughout New York. He was all alone. Then it got broke. Meaning. 
You need something to belong to. You need to feel you're a part of something. That's why guys like the dressing rooms in sports world, the on ice or on court activities, that's why ladies, you like the same kind of things. The way that we can gather and just kind of leave some place that we've just been and feel like we belonged. That's a desire and it goes very, very deep in us. Secondly, we need something to build on. To build on. James 1, 6 to 7 says, A doubtful mind will be as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. Every decision you then make will be uncertain. So if I was to put these and locate them on the board over here. For support, I'm just going to put this. We need to belong to something. We have to have that kind of sense of it. And then for stability, I'm going to put that build on word that we just put up here. You got to build. You got you to have something to build on. You want to build your life. You want to build a relationship. Have you ever been frustrated because there's another person involved and they don't agree with you? Or they just don't want to go the same direction as you? I mean, those are painful times. But it's coming out of this deep desire to belong to and then build on something. Something that's strong. Something where I feel that security and I feel that sense of purpose. Thirdly, we need something to become. You need something to become. There's got to be a goal in what you're becoming. You need something to become. Who you are. Who God made you to be. Yeah, with all the quirks a little bit, that's for sure. All of us got them. Why do we need to belong? Well, Psalm 139, 14 says, Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. And every man in the room said, Yes, she is. Okay. It is amazing to think about how complex he made you. He says it's amazing when you start to stop and just think about it. The workmanship is marvelous. Your workmanship is marvelous. You have a self-expression that's needed in your life and that self-expression is gonna be fleshed out in what you are becoming. I can't become what you're becoming. You can't become what I'm becoming. That is a unique trail. But we all need it. We all have to have the sense of becoming in harmony about who we know we are and what we know about ourselves. There's nothing worse than when you have to try and do something too far outside that. Have you ever had the wrong job pushing all the wrong buttons, not matching up with who you are and the frustration level? We're all wanting to become something. And number four, something to believe in. Ecclesiastes 2.11 says, I thought about all that I had done and how hard I had worked doing it and I realized it didn't mean a thing. He's saying it's really easy to, to, to mess up on life. Like to miss it. To give your life to the wrong things. It's really easy to live a life that's very full and busy but not fulfilling. Big difference. 
And what is the difference in this? Well, you gotta, it's what you believe in that's gonna be the one that achieves for you your significance. (coughs) Wrote the wrong word. I don't know about you, but I think what you believe in is like such an anchor to all the rest of the development of, of your life. How can you be fulfilled if you believe in things that are not true? If you believe lies, how can you achieve what you want to achieve? How can you achieve significance? How can you really achieve self-expression or stability or support? How can you meet those needs if you believe lies? What you believe matters to your whole development process. This is where we find Solomon, King Solomon writing about this. And he he was thinking of one day about all that he had done, how hard he had worked doing it. Then he realized, oh, it just, it didn't mean a thing. That, that has to be one of the worst moments that we could possibly come into. To know everything we put our whole energy and focus in life into, all of a sudden we realize there's no meaning in it. You see, these four emotional needs need to be met correctly. Met correctly. If you believe lives that even your relationships that you have cannot grow or become intimate the way that they could be because they must be founded upon truth. What you believe in matters. The third category is gonna go to this direction because you see, because God is such an incredible designer, he also designed something for you to get these needs met in. Your family is very key and important. But that family can also change. They grow up 20 or 30 years and they're gone maybe 40. (laughs) They move on. Families change. That's a good thing, family. It's a good place. You need to be need meeting in there. You need to concentrate on these four as if you're a parent towards your children or if you're a husband or wife, you need to understand these four words that so incredibly important to build intimacy, how you go about meeting these four words in your marriage. But there's one thing that he designed that's outside your home. He gave it as a reflection of what he's building. It's not perfect either. It's only perfect in the way that he works in it. It's the church. See, isn't it interesting that God designed something that is not internal, external, but eternal to meet your needs? It's not you just driving up some new strategy to meet your needs. Not you driving something that probably gonna take you in not such a good place. 
it's not external where you're just leaning on everything external because those things change, families change. Businesses change, your energies change. God designed the church to provide these basic needs. The church, when I ask people what a church is, when I do a certain course, I ask, uh, what do you think a church is? Or I might ask it this way, if you were to go to Prairie Mall, which I haven't been to for, it's kind of a, anyway, for a long time, but if you go to Prairie Mall and set up a little booth in the middle, everybody's walking by you, let's do it at Christmas time so there's a big crowd, do, 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 you know. And you were to ask them the question, what is a church? They're not going to say what God designed it to be. They're going to say, oh, well, a church is, that's a building down the road. It's an institution. Here's what God called it, Ephesians 2.19. You are members of God's very own family. And you being in God's household, you belong in God's household with every other Christian. A family to live with. A church is first a family. It's a, it's a family and, and, and it's a family that, that he has designed that has the eternal ability. He, we can bring different measures of fulfilling these needs. You can hook up with a group of people where faith is joined. And when you're joined with a heart of faith with other people, and you take on life that way, there's something far stronger than any word inward thing you can produce or outward thing that you can produce. But there's something eternal and some sustenance that's beyond those capabilities. Because it's coming from a source that doesn't change. He created the church to be a family. And that family is going to provide you with support and security. Because it's based on eternity. The second, he designed the church to provide a foundation to live on. A foundation that won't change. A biblical foundation. There are churches that will leave the Bible. The moment they do that, they cease to be as church. The Bible is a foundation to live on. You need that in your life. Do you know why you need the scriptures? Is because they are eternal in their strength. They are eternal in their purity. They don't change. What was true today is going to be true 2,000 years ago and 4,000 years ago. It is going to have been true. It is true that God loves you. It is true that God is love. It is true that God is holy. It is true that Jesus is fully the son of the living God. God in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. It is true that we are sinners in need of salvation. It is true that through our humility and humbling ourselves and repenting, we can receive salvation through Jesus Christ. Just me saying those terms puts me in harmony for preachers going back 2,000 years. I'm stating the same thing that Paul would state 
That if you bring it up into more modern times, what I'm saying now is no different than a message that you would hear spoken by Charles Spurgeon or, 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 or anybody else of that era. You are in link. You are in line with it. It hasn't changed because the book didn't change. And when you seek to change the book, you cease to be what he designed the church to be. The emotional need that we have for stability, and we have it, in God's design is best found not in the inward, the external, but in the eternal. The words that don't change. Ephesians 4, 13 through 14, we shall all come together to that oneness in our faith. We shall become mature then we will no longer be carried by the waves and blown about by every shifting wind of teaching. Very simply. He's saying this is what the process of the word and the spirit are. They will produce a mature person as you surrender and let that work to transpire over a lifetime. And why is that important? It's important because you won't be carried by the waves and blown about by every shifting wind of teaching. You go to the Bible and you treat it like a manual for living for your relationships. And in this case, for your foundation to make decisions on that. Once you've accepted the scriptures as your foundation, then you've already had a lot of answers about relationships already there. You've got questions on relationships. What do I do here? How do I handle this? How do I get through that? What do I do to make it good over here? It's already been answered. It's in the book. And it won't change for the next generation or the generation after that. All the pressure that there is in our current generation to move away from absolute truth is not bearing a good society. It is not meeting the emotional needs that you are born with and you have, which are good because they cause us to have to team up and make choices about ourselves and our play into it and what we receive from it. Third, we need a function to live out. Romans 12, four to six says, just as each of us has a body with many members and these members don't have all the same function, so in Christ we form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. It's just saying you're unique. We don't all have the same function, but we all need a function. We need to understand that you're actually wired for that kind of function. He has a place for you that produces and has life move in it and through it just like the organs of your body. Just the way that your body works, how it works in harmony for its best health. And it's best supported by best practices. And that's not eating lobster and butter all the time. You need a function. That function gives you, gives you that sense of meaning, that sense of, of value. That sense of meeting that in you. A self-expression. I'm unique and this is the way that my contribution is going to be more wired than maybe another. Each one of these things come in line to here with the church as the source, the practice, 
Can we say the shell for the practice? A foundation to live on. We need support, we need to belong, and we need a family. We need stability, we need to build on a foundation. We need self-expression, we need to become who we are. Not somebody else, not what everybody else would like to make you, but who you are, to become what you are meant to be so that you will have a function. That's that unique contribution to the body to live out. And then finally, we've got significance, the need, the emotional need for significance. That what we believe matters, we need to believe. And it's a focus to live for. It's the reason you get out of bed in the morning. In Philippians 2.13, for it is God who works in you, inspiring both the will and the deeds for his own chosen purpose. So he chooses his purpose. He creates you and says, here's where in this stream, you're going to live out the large amount of your energy and who you are. You are going to do that. You are going to live significance. The more that you're in this stream, your significance will go up. The more that you serve out of that stream of significance, you're going to have within you a real stronger belief. You need to believe. You need to believe that God is wired. You need to believe that he has a place for you. Romans 5.2, we can confidently and joyfully look forward to actually becoming all that God has in mind for us to be, all that God has in mind. I think one of the great questions to change in, in, in child rearing, when you start asking your child, they're old enough for you to ask them this, I, I would just throw this in. I would say, here's a great, great thinking question for you to throw in for them. And, and instead of asking, what do you want to be when you grow up? How about asking them a question that some, says something like this? What do you think God has made you to be? Maybe that's a good question for us today. What do you think he's made you to be? Well, here's what I do know. He's made you to be something unique. Something that has this need for stability and security. He, he has got something that's gonna cause significance in your life is gonna be met and you are going to have that sense of support in life because you just know you're on the right trail. If you've ever gone hiking and you've ever got lost and you moved off a main trail and you're wondering, oh man, I don't know if I'm on the right trail here. Confidence can drive you forward and help you to make some good choices as you're going, I guess. But there are times when we can get so absolutely lost and we can't find that right trail anymore. And the anxiety goes up. Not the joy of living, not a life living in its fullness. And that anxiety just deepens a little bit more because we're on the wrong trail. We know we're on the wrong trail, but we even forgot how to get on the right trail. I'm going to give you the way to get on the right trail. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may in due time exalt you. God, I've put my plan up there 
day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. And I know it's not quite on the right trail. I know it's not quite there. It's not meeting my fundamental emotional needs. And the reason is, is because I'm not on the trail you designed. There's part of this that's breaking down in my life. I humble myself. Now lead me back to the right trail. Because you have to be led back to it. You don't go wander around trying to find it. You humble yourself. Say, God, this isn't quite right, this trail. Oh, it might be the direction, but it's not the right trail. God, I humble myself. Would you lead me back? Lead me back. Would you stand with me, please? What a package you are. That's the truth of it. You're an amazing package. You might not feel like it at times. Certainly you don't. I know you don't. But you are. You're not on a self-discovery journey. You're on a, God, what do you have for me journey? Because you've made me this way. I know when I'm not quite on, God. And I know when I am on it. But you are an amazing package. And you've got time. God's gifted you with time here. Some of you are thinking, well, man, I wish I had made changes years ago. Will you get out of that? Every one of us could live that in any area of our life. That's not what he called you for. He called you to live this, the, the, this life in all its fullness. That's what Jesus came to do. His trail has the best representation of that full life for you. That fulfilled life. And Christian, you might think, oh, I'm close enough. I'm not dead on. Not good enough. That's not where you'll find the fulfilled life. That's not where your design is going to be maximized. That is not where you're going to find the emotional needs being met in nothing but eternal and strong ways. And then celebrating that meeting of each other's needs in marriages, our homes with our kids, friends, our fellowship. Father, I want you just to, in every heart today, pour the grace. Pour the grace. Pour the grace. Because we've all failed in this. We really have. Pour the grace. Just, just, just let there be a comforting touch to each one of us today because, Lord, we've moved away from design. We might think we're pretty parallel to it. We're pretty close to it. But, God, when we're not right on, our emotional needs, those it's going to turn into desires. And those desires will corrupt, Lord, if we are not online with how you've made us and what you've called us to and your claim on our life. So I pray for all of us as Christians, believers, followers of Jesus Christ, that in this moment, we recognize that yeah, we're, not, we're not dead on this trail. I've designed it myself. I'm the designer. I've got a little God stuff in there and I got my stuff in there and I've got pleasing this people over here stuff in there and 
But today, Lord, we just stay. We're not, we're not created for that. We cannot achieve fulfilled life unless we're on your trail. So today, I pray you wake us up because time's marching on. The opportunity is here. It's now. We make change. We put it all in. We put it all in. And we let ourselves be led. If you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, you've never received him as your personal Lord and Savior, a little prayer you can pray right now just to receive Jesus. You're on the wrong trail. You have a designer. You have somebody with a plan and purpose for your life that's going to meet those four emotional needs. He meets them best. He's the only one that can. And so right now, just in the quietness of your own heart, a little prayer you can use. It's, dear God, forgive me for always going my own way. I need a new trail and I want it to be yours for me. I'm tired of starting down one trail and changing and wandering around trails and never finding that trail that satisfies. It gives me full life. That's fulfilling. So I receive Jesus Christ as my savior from the sinful way of doing life all about me. And I look to you as my leader. I humble myself so you can lead me. And I give you the leadership of my life. Lead me back to the trail. Lead me to the trail where I look to the eternal, to you, to meet my four huge emotional needs. Father, bless this congregation. May we continue to grow because, Lord, it's good when we do. It's good for everybody. It's good for us. Help us to grow in being a, a, a better family all the time for each other. I, I pray you'd help us to grow in that. And Lord, I, I pray that you'll, you'll awaken our hearts here today as we walk out. How wonderful it is to know we've been created, designed, and that we can come right back into it and let your leadership happen. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you find this program helpful or would like to learn more, please give us a call 780-539-0572 or email mail at peopleschurchgp.com.